Welcome to the One Thing Global Leadership Summit podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel Lim, your host. Today we'll be discussing about the centrality and the importance of vibrant spiritual life among children in the local church. Well, we're excited to have Lenny Lagardia, the director of the International Children Equipping Center in Kansas City. Lenny has also uh, been a, a senior minister with children in several mega churches in America. So you have both the extensive experience in a local church level, as well as stewarding a movement. So Lenny, it's good to have you on this podcast. It's good to be here with you, Daniel. Yeah. And today we're going to actually focus on uh, talking about how to help a younger saints, someone from 4 to 14 years old, uh, grow in their personal walk with Jesus in prayer. Because, you know, the culture of prayer is a collective of individuals having a prayer life. And every person within that culture has stronger prayer life. The culture itself is a prayerful culture. So sometimes I realize that in church, when we have a certain segment of the demographic not really moving in prayer, mm-hmm. but then you have the a certain demographic that's more ready and you invest into them, they become catalytic. They become a spark in the church that provoke everybody else right. in prayer. And sometimes it happens in the youth ministry because the youth ministry, the pace of the thing innovated and breaking through usually happen faster. Right. And when it happens faster, the adult congregation is like coming alive and trying to catch up. Do you observe that kind of trend among the children too sometimes when something's happening in the children in the church, the adult get excited about it and pay attention? Yeah, I believe working with our children today and our youth today is to train them to go back into their homes. Number one responsibility is to go back into their homes and with their mothers and fathers and, and pray for them. But, but probably 80% of the children that I meet today I'm the closest thing to a spiritual father or a mother you that, are. that they would get. And, and, and I'm mobilizing hundreds around that particular need in the body of Christ. So I have to see my role a little bit different. Even though their home is fragmented, it's uh, not doing real well or whatever, I still need to help that child have a heart for their family. But to be that spiritual father. It's part of the Malachi 4, 5, and Absolutely. 6 reality. Yeah. Absolutely. I believe the turn of the hearts is to see the children turn to their fathers and, and, and fathers to their children. So for those of you listening in today, if your desire is to see effective growth in the life of prayer in a, in a children, uh, this is the podcast you want to stay until the end because Lenny and I will be discussing about how Lenny have observed over the decades how he can effectively lead a child, Mm -hmm. male or female, a child that is uh, really uh, rooted uh, in his faith and baby faith and begin to grow in prayer all throughout the childhood, teenager, and maybe into adulthood. Mm -hmm. So there are some ingredients that's proven to be effective. Absolutely. So um, how would you get a child excited about prayer? What would you do to get a child, get the attention of a child to be excited in prayer? Well, I would, first of all, I would be consistent in that child's life. I I would have a heart that cares for that child, and I would speak into that child's heart and really let them know that they have an identity in Jesus. And so it, it takes consistency, Daniel. So it takes, what I'm hearing from you, from you is that it's not so much what you say to the no. child, 
is who you are to the child. Right. If I ask you right now, do you remember your third grade teacher? Do you remember her name? You, very few of us out here today uh, would remember the names and last names of all of our teachers, but we were marked in some way by that individual. I was marked by several teachers because of their heart and their care and their concern for me. But we remember the few people during our childhood that invest consistent time with us, mm -hmm. that took interest with us. That's right. More than their formal duty. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it's, it's their coaches, it's their, their teachers and what have you. And I had somebody come to me one time and they said, teach us everything you know about uh, the inner city ministry and what you're doing. And uh, we need the formula. And I, I think that's a mistake that we make. We do need tools. But not everybody's formula is the same. And you need to search your heart and what your motives are in terms of even ministering to children. And the answer that I gave this group of people, because people come here, as you know, to pick our brains and to hear what we do. And there's hundreds that come throughout the month that our children pray for. Uh, the more I activate the child to pray, the more I'm tapping into what is already theirs, the kingdom. So this is so key. You say key. it's already in them. It's already in the them. The Holy Spirit in right. them is already working. You're tapping into that to activate and call it out. Yeah, and I told this group, I said, hey, here's what you do, number one. And they all, Daniel, it was really, really uh, sort of funny. They all got their papers and their pens out, and they're ready. They think I'm going to give them this major advice. And I said, number one, show up. How did you get 200, 300 kids off the streets? What do you do? I want the formula. I said, number one, we showed up. Uh, ready for number two? We came back. We just showed up again. Uh, ready for number three? We kept coming. And Daniel, for over 37 years, I, I go home from situations not thinking that we've made a difference. And just recently, I was in Denver, and a young, boy, young man came up to me, and uh, I was talking about what we do in the community. And he came up to me after I... I did my sermon at my old church, and he said to me, he said, uh, I was in a ministry like this when I was growing up as a kid. I said, great. He goes, you remind me of that person. Come to find out, Daniel. You are that person. I was the guy. <laughs> and this Wonderful. Boy, he come off the streets. I remember him now. Mm. He had no food. He had very little things, but... We were consistent. We kept coming back. And uh, if we could do that as the body of Christ, then we're making an imprint in that child's life. And I know I'm saying things to the audience that no, many no, no, people No, no, no. Let's know. hold for a moment, Lenny. What you just said is so profoundly simple. Right. Show up. Right. Show up again. Yeah. And keep showing up. Yeah, Jesus stopped the meeting to let the kids come to him. Well, it's easy to understand how simple that is. Right. It's very difficult to do it. Yeah, and if I put myself in the in the in the narrative of that child's heart, then the Holy Spirit's going to speak to me. See, we we can't miss the Holy Spirit. When we teach children about the Holy Spirit, we say a simple phrase: "Holy Spirit, make Jesus known in this life." So when I come to a child that I will only see once a month, or every three months, or they we don't know if they're ever going to come back. We have children that come to our Kid City Seven. Uh, uh, outreaches and uh, we see them and we treat every situation as if it would be the last time. And I think uh, I would challenge uh, children's pastors, leaders, parents, educators with that thought. If this was the last time you would see your congregation or the last time you, you would see a child, 
where would you want to spend that time? What would you want to do? And when you do it that, you say that to the Father, the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and he shows you what that encounter is supposed to be. And, uh, you know, it's not perfect, but it's, it's real, and that's what a child will remember. Wonderful, Lenny. Let's say you successfully activated and started mm-hmm. a child praying. How, what would you do to keep the child praying? Yeah, I, Daniel, I, I want to see, uh, first, of, first of all, I would be accountable to somebody. You know, if I found myself continuing to More be, than one be in that child's yeah. path or whatever, I would want to, you know, receive account. I would want to be accountable. Yes. And, and why and is that. that important? That you don't be a lone ranger minister in the children's ministry where you go on the street and you yeah. gather kids out of the goodness of your heart That's right. with no accountability. What's the downside to that? I think the downside is that it presents mistrust and it could put the person in a situation where they just wouldn't be trusted and you're not accountable. And Because we're happened. dealing with minors. Yeah, we're dealing with minors and, and we're dealing with the parents. Yes. And we have to see ourselves, if we are connected to the next generation at all, Daniel, we're to partner with the family. Amen. We're to partner with the family. We're to honor this. So I would tell if I was in that situation, and I have been that way, I'd go knock on the parents' door, or I would get to know them. But I would, most importantly, I would really try to be accountable to uh, leadership. And so then the- I would journal different prayers that I have for that child. So and- I'm hearing you submit yourself to authority in the local church, be accountable. And then journal, and because you're not only serving Absolutely. the kids, you're praying for the kids. Right. That's exactly right. I, I have journals that have, the next time I see this individual or whatever, and before I go into the situation, I would look at that journal. I've done that with Samuel. Mm. I've done that with your child and many children here, because I really believe it's what we leave them with a prophetic revelation, being able to speak into their lives and and what have you that makes the difference. So do you actually give them anything practical like a booklet or Bible verses to keep them going in prayer? Yeah, the booklet that I give them is uh, the praying five minutes a day for the heart of thanksgiving, the heart of worship, the heart for the lost, the heart for the sick, and the heart for the family. Five minutes a day, we create a spiritual appetite with that child. And you do, yeah, we do 25 minutes. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, times five is 25 minutes. You do that. Every week for one month, you just spend 100 minutes before God. You cannot get an appetite for the Lord if you don't spend time with Him. And prayer is Where can our audience find those resources? You can get that, that little handbook at ihopkc.org slash CEC, which stands for Children's Equipping Center. Yes. ihopkc.org. But Daniel, it's so crucial because 100 minutes a month is 1,200 minutes a year. Mm-hmm. So we're helping children do this for the rest of their life. And we, we hold them accountable. And if you only have 10 minutes, 5 minutes, or whatever, you can pray 5 minutes. For example, you can take a, a child. You asked me what I would do to help a child enhance uh, the more I get ch- children to enjoy God and to speak unto the Lord, the more the Holy Spirit uses that and places in that child a spiritual ch- a thirst for more. It's when we force it upon our children, force it upon our teens, that they, they sometimes uh, push away. But if we just get natural, if I only see a child once in a while, I say, hey, let's pray. We're going to take three minutes, two minutes, five minutes. I trust the Lord. Mm. Let's pray. What are you thankful for today? Let's pray that through. Get them to talk about that. Right. You know, in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of their turmoil, in the midst of fragmentation in their family and dysfunction, you know, they're getting that appetite. So as that spirit 
grows in them and that inner man grows in them, they still become thirsty for the Lord. So, of the thousands upon thousands of children that you have ministered to and equipped, I am sure you, you have witnessed quite a number who started off in prayer in quite a consistent and vibrant way, and then they had setbacks in their life. They have discouragement. They have a life crisis or they're traumatized. So when they have setbacks and they're angry with God or they're disappointed, what are some advice you would have for some people to help these children get back on track? Yeah, I, I would say to you, if you're in a situation like that, do not ever stop activating the children in prayer, praying for the sick, and what have you, even in the midst of their trouble. Right now, Daniel, we have some situations going on before us in our city that I'm involved in, and uh, I can't stop activating those children, even though in the midst of their in the midst challenges. of their pain, in yeah. the midst of their challenges, you still can walk with so God. So do you see that the expression of prayer during that time, when you keep them on track and keep mm -hmm. praying, in the midst of great negativity and pressure, is actually part of their growth dynamics? Yeah, it's 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 solving their problem. It is part of their growth dyna dynamics. Uh, we see children that we would never say a word to anyone. They They might be introverted. They might be closed in. Their pain is too deep. But as we teach them to pray and teach them to walk with the Lord, they'll raise their hand and they'll be able to pray and talk about the things of God. It gives them confidence if we develop so the ability appetite. to express themselves to God. Absolutely. When they are stuck with human being who wrongs them. Right. That's remarkable. That's actually simple, but yet uh, it quite works profound. With you and I. Yes. We're uh, going through different we, things and we trials. Need, and we what, need that. All do we? Time. We cannot stop communicating with the Father. Uh, you know, we, when we're doing that, we're helping children understand in the midst of your pain and struggle and your sin, you still are enjoyed by God. And when we create spiritual appetite, five minutes a day, 25 minutes a week, 100 mm. minutes a month, 1,200 minutes, you do 1,200 minutes a year in a child's life, five years, that's over 6,000 minutes, you will change. Mm spending 6,000 minutes before the Lord. And I'm helping activate boys and girls to do this all over the world. We have 8,900, maybe 9,000 children that signed up right now. I'm going after a million children. Wonderful. I'm helping parents and leaders get the spiritual appetite in there. Amazing. So I have this very crucial question that many parents, pastors, and leaders face. When a child grows into teenage years, 13, 14, they go through so much changes, mm -hmm. you know, both in their puberty as well as their emotion and right. then peer group pressure, lots of things are going through. And then there's another life transition when they finish high school, they go to right. college or go to workplace. And a lot of people get lost in those transitions. You can, you can, we can be doing a great job in, in discipling them in prayer when they were children, right. but Something's lost in translation when you go through those live, natural right. transition between children and teenager and teenager and adulthood. you have any advice to yeah. help us mitigate those fallout during transition? Yeah, I think it's what we need to realize that uh, truly, truly will help that child. For example, I'll give you a situation. Uh, we have a child who really grounded in prayer, turned 11 years old, still walking with the Lord. 12, 13 came. The child's voice started becoming silent. The child started 
just being silent. And so what we're what I'm doing with this particular child is helping keep their voice alive, helping keep them involved in those things, uh, whether they want to or not. And I think the mistake that we make is that when we activate our children to the things of God, if their facial expression isn't just right or they're not enjoying it, then we become offended. Yeah. And I would say to parents all they over the world. They don't outwardly look very religious oh, to us. I right? don't even do I mean, I'm like, it's hard going to the prayer room, you know, 24-7. But I, I just think that parents, leaders, educators, pastors, don't get offended. Don't be offended by the child's response at 12 or 13 because the enemy wants to suppress that. Psalm 8 says, out of mouths of babes, nursing infants, you have ordained praise. Right. That praise silences the enemy. Well, we have to mature that. We need to cultivate that. We need to enhance that and continue to keep our children in the battle. That doesn't mean we don't. We force them to do various things, but I believe as a family, you got to have family devotions and pastors need to pray with folks so that the voice isn't silent. Because once their voice is silent, then they, they get inward and they don't feel a part of the group. What about those transitioning into adulthood, into transitioning into work environment and transitioning into college. Yeah, I believe we need to do a, be stronger as a church, pastors and leaders, stronger as a church in getting our that generation poured back into another generation. Psalm 145, one generation praising him for the works of the Lord to another. We have to become generationally mindseted. And paradigm shift needs to change and just getting our children to go off and point them back into another generation. That's what we ah, do. Ah, so giving them some form of vision and responsibility Absolutely. rather than just, this right. is about me, pouring into me. Now that I'm done with my part, I'm going on to do right. the next thing. Right. In a new uh, social setting, they could be really lost. Well, yeah. that's why I believe that youth ministry has like been seen across the world as a stepping stone to senior pastor. You know, I have had many church chances to do work in churches. I was executive pastor. I was in the inner city. But I'm going to stay put because I want to point people back to another generation and pour my gifts and my talents into that instead of just going off and doing uh, their ministry and what have you. So, Lenny, before we ask you to pray for a, yeah. a child or a children worker that's listening to this podcast, I'm going to ask you if it is a nine-year-old boy or girl standing in front of you right now say Mr. Lenny Pastor Lenny I really want to grow a consistent life in prayer mm -hmm. what would you advise that kid? Yeah I go into homes all the time uh, as a chaplain as a police chaplain and I see things at, at its worst and there's many times that I'll stare an 8 year old or a 9 year old and what I do is first of all uh, I want to give that child a Bible I want to get permission whatever the whoever the authority is in that family in that person's life that child's life I want to give them uh, the Word of God and when I give them that Word of God I outline different things with them very simple and I put a sheet together so if you have that situation you can put some things in it and say pray these things pray these things on a regular basis because God is good and he hears you no matter what Danny, you don't know how many boys and girls I've, I've spoken to their ears in the midst of their pain with their families in a police scene or whatever, where I have to say, you know, remember these words. I may only get one shot at this. You see, Jesus had one shot at showing the church what it ought to look like in mm -hmm. Luke 18, 15 through 17. Mm -hmm. He didn't waste it on a craft. He didn't waste it on a snack. He didn't waste it on a formula. 
he gave them the heart of the Father. He wow. knew he had one shot. So he said, he spoke to what is already there. So you speak to what is already theirs in a child's life and get them to know that God is good. And then pray like crazy to get them connected to a church or get connected to a situation. Well, you say, well, pray like know. crazy if you pray would like pray crazy. right yeah, now. Right because now. there are people listening on this podcast where your word has been relevant to them and is stirring in their heart. Would you just pray for our audience? Yeah, Father, I come before you and I ask that you would just pour yourself out to those listening those that have friends that work with children, youth, young adults, God, I pray that you would give them wisdom. Father, that you would open up their heart and you would hope, open up the heart of every boy and girl that they would be in contact with, God, and to develop that spiritual appetite one minute at a time. Mm. Father, you are not in charge of the time, you're in charge of the hour. So in light of the hour that we are in, in light of the hour that is coming, God, help us lead, help us teach, help us parent. Oh, Father, in our own lives, we just want to lean in and get closer to you. Strengthen our prayer life. If we're going to strengthen others, Lord, we have to have a well that you're pouring into. We give you permission now, Father, to pour into that well for the next generation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lenny, thank you for spending this time oh, with us. It's a privilege to be with you, Daniel. We hope to have you back again. Yeah, for sure. And uh, our dear audience, I'm, I'm sure you have questions about this, I want to encourage you to visit ihopkc.org slash CEC. We have camps, we have events, we have everything. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure there is a way that you can write a note to Lenny and contact him. And if you have any question, or even invite him uh, to come and share his vision with uh, some of you. So uh, until we come online again next week, we encourage you to reach out and pour back to the next generation. Thank you.